0: Welcome to The Kingstonian, a podcast that profiles individuals who are passionate about what they do for a living, about what organization they belong to, or simply passionate about the community they are a part of. Hello there, and welcome. My name is Dave Cunningham. Pickleball, you know someone that plays. And these days, interest in this sport is exploding. People of all ages are picking up their paddles and heading out to find a game. To get the full scoop on pickleball, we've invited the president of the local club, Ryan Haynes. Ryan, welcome to the program. Thanks very much. Ryan, you are the president of the Kingston Pickleball Club, and I think people have heard that phrase being thrown around quite a bit over the last few years. Why don't you describe for us exactly what pickleball is?
1: So, uh, pickleball is um, a wonderful sport. It's one of the fastest growing sports in the world. It's essentially a combination between tennis, ping pong, and badminton. So, it's played on a badminton sized court um, with a net that's lower, 36 inches at the end, 34 inches in the middle. So, it looks like a miniature tennis game. And the paddles we use to play with are essentially ping pong style paddles but three to four times bigger than a ping pong paddle and it's a wiffle like ball that bounces that we play with and it's played over the net.
0: So the ball we have one sitting in front of us and it's a round plastic ball with holes in it and there are some versions of the ball that have bigger holes or smaller holes and what's the difference in terms of the size of the hole?
1: Yeah so um, the outdoor balls are typically a little heavier and the holes in them are a little smaller so that the wind doesn't have as much of an impact on it. And then when you have an indoor ball, you'll see uh, fewer holes, but larger because we don't have to worry about wind at that point And it's a little
0: lighter as well because it doesn't have to fight against the elements mm-hmm. the same way. I was reading a little bit on the origin of the sport and goes back to the mid sixties. And I think it was somewhere in the States where it got started.
1: Yeah, it was, um, uh, it was invented on Bainbridge Island, um, which is in Washington State, not not too far from Seattle. Mm-hmm. And it was really um, uh, an invention out of boredom. Uh, they were trying to find something for the, the kids to do there, and they took some different equipment they had. They went up to their badminton court. They had a wiffle ball. Um, I think they used ping pong paddles the very first time they did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they played on uh, their badminton court over a low net and... Uh, It ended up that the adults loved it and uh, cut their first paddles out of plywood and and took over from there. And from that point, it's just grown and grown and grown until about the last eight years where you've really had an explosion of growth.
0: The story I read was that uh, the folks who were bored sitting around this badminton court couldn't find the badminton paddles or the or the uh, the equipment to play the game so they improvised by using the ping pong paddles. Yeah. Interest- yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Now, how did the name pickle come So out?
1: there's there's two different accounts of how that started. The first being uh, one of the the families that invented it, it was actually their badminton court the Pritchard's um, the wife, I believe her name was Joan. Um, she called it pickleball because it reminded her of a pickle boat and rowing. And my understanding is is that when a rowing team would go out, they'd fill their boats, and whoever was left over, they'd throw them in a boat at the end, and that was the called the pickle boat. Oh. And so that aspect of throwing leftovers together, um, she saw the parallel to. Um, uh, the game they had invented, and so she called it pickleball. And there's also another version that says the the dog. They had a dog named Pickles that that uh, chased down balls, and it was named after the dog. But f- I think the accurate history is the dog. The game had been around for a couple of years before the family had the dog. So
0: I like the dog story, but yeah. <laughs> the book <boat> story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we have this invention that takes place uh, in uh, the states. And it starts to get really popular and it's become, as you said, much more popular in the last several years. I know we talked a little bit already about the rules of the game. It is played on a regulation uh, badminton court, but you said the serve line is different, right?
1: Yeah, so the exterior lines, all the outside lines are the same as a badminton court. But the badminton service line is six inches closer to the net than the short service line, what we call the non-volley zone line and pickleball is. And that's a really important um, line and aspect of pickleball is that you um, have to be behind that line in order to play a ball out of the air. Okay. Yeah, And that's one of the key reasons that this sport is so attractive to um, uh, all ages of players, all abilities of players, is you don't have the ability to just walk up to the net and slam balls away. So if you can play... Oh, okay. A touch shot if you can hit a good drop shot just over the net that opponent has to wait back and they can't slam it away so there's a lot of strategy
0: uh, there's a lot of control it's a it's a really a touch sport I've seen it played a couple of times but only very briefly and the impression I had is that people don't have to run as much in pickleball as they do in regular tennis
1: yeah um, and I think that's another reason that pickleball uh, has become so popular is uh, two reasons. One, you're right. It's not as physically demanding as tennis or squash or badminton. Um, you know, with the smaller court and the ball bouncing, you can usually, if you position yourself well, get to most balls. Um, I think the other thing is it's, it's easier. It's slower moving than a, than a tennis ball, at, certainly at the lower levels. It's, it's uh, a lot easier to pick up your paddle, face is closer to your hand. So for people who um, are just starting out for the first time, they'll have some success with pickleball right away where other racket sports can be a little tougher to pick up.
0: Now you were saying before we started to record that you don't often see uh, one against one. It's usually two against two.
1: Yeah. So I, you know there are people that play singles. It's much more physically demanding. Um, where I talked a second ago about having touch uh, singles really is more of a miniature tennis game where you're trying mm-hmm. to smash the ball past your opponent more so than playing you know, soft drop shots. So it doesn't seem to appeal to people nearly as much, and we don't see very much singles play in this area at all.
0: Okay, so it's primarily teams. Yeah, primarily Do you have doubles. a sense as to, um, based upon any research you may have done, to know what age groups tend to play this game more so than other age groups?
1: Uh, you know, without a doubt, the sport um, is seniors-driven. Uh, it's um, massively popular in Florida, in Arizona, and that's essentially how the sport's worked its way to this area and other parts of Canada are people who have retired and wintering in the South and bring it back with them. But what we're seeing now is um, that there's a lot more youth getting involved. You're starting to see some schools do it. Um, and uh, at the competitive levels, uh, most of the top players in the, the world are, are you know, in their 20s and quite young. Um, but uh, I think in our area alone, I know my nine-year-old son plays and we have a, a woman in our club, Lillian, who is in her 80s and she's out once or twice a week playing. So yeah it's really it's it's great to see the wide age range, but for sure, um, you know, it's seniors that have driven the popularity of the sport.
0: I know in a recent program, I was speaking to Don Amos, who is the executive director of the Senior Center. And he was saying there's just an explosion of interest in pickleball. Yeah. That's the seniors crowd. Yeah. So that confirms what you just said. What about the, the sport outside Canada and the U.S.? Are there people playing it in other countries as well?
1: Yeah, so it's, it's starting now. Um, pickleball tourism is becoming uh, uh, oh, really? more prevalent. In fact, uh, I'm headed to Costa Rica on Friday with a group of friends from Ottawa. There's 11 of us going, and we all play pickleball. And there's a court at our resort, and we have two hours booked a day. Um, uh, and then all the other wonderful things associated with Costa Rica will be around that. But that's what brought us together, mm-hmm. and that's the theme of the trip. So there's that. Uh, Europe, uh, certainly in the U.K., it's starting to become more popular. There's uh, efforts been made. There's uh, quite a bit of play starting in India um, and even in uh, Hong Kong. Recently, I saw there were some people playing in Hong Kong. So it's, it's spreading out.
0: When you play a game, how long would a game last typically? So uh,
1: one game, most games are played to 11. So a recreational game played to 11, uh, where you win by, you know, one or maybe two, depending on how many people are around, uh, will usually take about 15 minutes.
0: Per game. Yeah. Okay, so it's not a long investment of time. No. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess the next step in the process is to talk a little bit about the history of the game here in Kingston. So do you know roughly how long uh, the game has been played here in town? Yeah, I, I, I don't know for
1: sure, but I, I believe it's somewhere between five and six years. Um, I know that uh, Chuck McDonald, um, who's a really well-known uh, local pickleball player, um, who's had a, he's a great player. He's had a lot of success in um, uh, big tournaments in the States, and he spends his winter in Arizona at Casa Grande, which is a uh, pickleball mecca. Um, and I know he, uh, he was one of the driving forces behind getting the courts, the outdoor courts in Harrowsmith. They added pickleball courts oh. to the tennis courts there. And that's still um, one of the core areas where people play in this area are those there's six pickleball courts out there and they're busy you know several days of the week.
0: So when you talk about the game being played down south in Arizona or Florida, are they primarily playing outside? yes okay Um,
1: yeah um uh, down south it's it's very much an outdoor game there are some indoor facilities Mm -hmm. but um certainly the purists like to to play outdoors and they frown a little bit upon indoor play sometimes (laughs) but
0: okay (laughs) there's always one on the crowd oh yeah (laughs) so when you're talking about those courts down south so have they been adapted to pickleball courts or are they just using a badminton court with a different service line on
1: it? oh yeah no um I think it's safe to say that the pickleball, certainly in Florida and Arizona, is far more popular than badminton. And badminton's not a great outdoor sport, anyways, because it's so susceptible to wind. So these are designated pickleball courts um, in in a lot of these locations. So I'm on my way to the US Open in April, and and that's in Naples, Florida. And they have uh, 51, it's either 50 or 51 designated pickleball courts. Um, and it's a massive tournament, uh, well over two thousand people. And when you try to register for it, it's typically full within the first five minutes of registration.
0: You're talking two thousand participants or two yeah, thousand participants. Okay, participants. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah people literally stress out sitting at their computer <laughs> waiting for the second that registration opens to try to get a spot to try in to the tournament. In.
0: Now, is there any qualifications for you to be able to get into a tournament like that, or is it just first come, first serve?
1: So the U.S. Open is first come, first serve. There are some things you can do to give yourself a better chance. If you medaled last year, you'll automatically get in. If you buy one of their uh, um, higher-end luxury packages, you might get a little head start. But they are headed in that direction. So I also made the trip to Indian Wells, California for the U.S. Nationals. Um, and I qualified for that by winning the uh, 35 plus uh, 4.5 skill level that they they go ratings up to five mm-hmm. um, at uh, in Portland, Maine at the U.S. Atlantic Regional. So that qualified me for
0: to go down to get to into California. Yeah. yeah. So they have a whole rating system. Yeah. So you're a good pickleball player. I, com- if I com- You're four and a half. Th- yeah, I, a g- five. I compete at a
1: high level. Okay.
0: Yeah. We were talking about the tournaments that you have either participated in or, or gone to watch, primarily in the States. And um, let's get back to Kingston and talk a little bit more about the participation rate here, the number of people who are members of the club who play regularly.
1: Um, so our, our official club membership right now um, seems to hover, uh, you know, I think it's touched on around 200 members. If we were to account for the Bath Pickleball Club and South Frontenac Pickleball Club and gannon and surrounding area and the people who are actively playing but not necessarily a member of the club, I think we're we're probably in the ballpark of 600 players right now. If you'd asked me that question uh, two years ago, my answer probably would have been around 300. So the sport's growing at a phenomenal pace. As a pickleball club, um, you know, we've had discussions about growing this sport, but um, that's not our issue. Uh, our issue is facilities for the players. We have. To play, yeah. yeah, it's very difficult, particularly in the, the winter. Um, we're working our best with the city. Um, we've had limited success so far. Um, ideally we'd have a location with a number of designated courts, um, where, you know, our club could host larger events as a club. Um, but that's what we're really, that's one of our main goals that we're working towards.
0: So when you are in the summertime, you are playing primarily outside, I would assume, and where do you play currently? Yeah, so
1: um, we have four temporary courts. Um, some asphalt was poured for us on the old tennis courts at Bell Park. That's one location. Um, there are uh, four courts uh, by LaSalle High School. Um, okay. So... Uh, that's a nice surface that we play at. And then the Henderson Tennis Courts, there's a couple courts there that get use as well. So we're spread out in the summer.
0: And then you have courts that are in Harrowsmith as well, right, that you have access to? there's
1: six courts in Harrowsmith, and there's regular play there. And then we do actually um, uh, play inside at the curling club, uh, the Royal Kingston Curling Club, uh, during the summer quite a bit. We have evening league play in there. Mm Because uh, they take the ice out and it's you know a nice flat a surface use, for us yeah. and we can fit six
0: courts in there. Now, when you're talking about playing on a particular surface, is concrete or asphalt the best thing to be playing on?
1: Not really. Um, uh, more of a hard tennis court surface is ideal. If you see the nice orange or green tennis courts, that, that specific surface is really nice. Uh, to play on Uh, certainly indoors there's um, an acrylic kind of poured rubber surface at RMC that's wonderful to play on and even hardwood is usually fine to play on as well but yeah it's not ideal but it gives a true bounce and as long as you know we do a good job keeping it clean and uh, not slippery then it works well.
0: So, bounce is the thing that you're looking to get from the surface that you're playing on
1: yeah you want um you want a consistent bounce and, and the concrete spray for that it's more the it can be a little punishing on the body if you play on it for quite a while because it is quite hard
0: in terms of indoor facilities that you've got right now, and I guess those are the ones that you're using in the wintertime, uh, which ones are we looking at like where do you play now
1: so the club rent space at the united uh, free methodist church i might have messed that up in Harrowsmith. Uh, they have a nice gym at the back of the church that holds three courts so we take a little bit of space there this time of year it can be you know weather can play a role in people wanting to go all the way out there yeah so a lot of times people play at rmc which is a great facility but they won't rent space to us so you go in and pay a drop-in fee and we you may or may not be able get to get a court, a court depending on what's going on there. So ultimately, we'd love to have our own space where we can control um, the use of it and provide a lot of different programs and options to our members mm-hmm. um, that's a
0: little closer than harrowsmith Smith. And that's the big thing, is finding a facility of your own so the club can organize, like you say, the different programs and tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah. In Kingston right now, do you have a sense as to the population mix inside the club, age range?
1: Um, yeah, we're, we are we are all over the map so for sure um i would say the majority of our members are you know uh 55 60 plus Um, but we have a uh we do have quite a few younger members as well um one of the things kingston's really well known for at this point are tournaments um both the great tournaments we host but also we have a crew of players that uh travel pretty much anything they can drive to um so we always have uh you know, a a nice representation of Kingston at most of the provincial tournaments.
0: How often would a tournament like that take place during the course of a year?
1: Um, I think uh, we're on pace for something like 13 or 14 tournaments that we know of in the next eight months. Um, There's usually at least one a month Mm -hmm. that you can go play in.
0: How far would people be driving to go to one of these tournaments?
1: Uh, You'll see people... Um, so I, I drove to two tournaments last year that were seven hours, including that one in Portland, Maine. Most people, I think, tend to cap it around four, mm-hmm. get more than four hours away. You, you know, you're not seeing
0: too many people from further than that. Is it a weekend thing that people are going for? Like a tournament would be over two days? Yeah,
1: typically it's a Saturday, Sunday
0: event. I'm interested in something that you mentioned earlier on in the program about tourist destination incorporating <laughs> playing pickleball. And that seems to be something that you're thinking is going to be expanding
1: yeah and you, you can see it now there's so many um uh, options and little companies popping up that are offering uh pickleball tourism and, and you know in some cases it's a matter of a cruise ship that has courts on it now or mm-hmm. or i've seen um tours of a region where they travel each day but have places to play um I'm headed to Costa Rica this uh, leaving on Friday I'm really gonna miss the snow um, I'm headed <laughs> you're there. not going for pickleball <laughs> yeah well and so it is there is a pickleball theme and it's uh, pickleball friends we're going with and we'll be playing there every single day so yeah sounds easy. like a lot of fun yeah
0: now in terms of uh, tournaments that you are planning for Kingston to host, I'm told that you are looking to host. Two different national tournaments, this year and next year.
1: Yeah, so um, we have hosted the Eastern Canadians the last two years, um, which went very well. And we were uh, successful in our bid. Um, We worked very hard on it. Uh, We had a lot of help from Tourism Kingston. Um, But we were successful in our bid to host the Canadian Nationals for 2019 and 2020. This will be... Um, The largest tournament that, you know, the province has seen. Uh, We hope it's the largest tournament that the country has seen. We Mm -hmm. have 28 courts available to us. Um, We're going to be playing at the Invista Center. um, So we can have upwards of 600 people enrolled. And, you know, um, we'd be happy if we had more than 400, but we can handle more. So it's really, really exciting for us. We're going to have some of the, the best players in the world there. Um, it's going to have great prize money. Uh, it's it's uh, daunting but exciting at the same time.
0: That requires a lot of effort and a lot of people to get involved to host a tournament like that.
1: Oh yeah, and so the tournament at this level, um, and the, keeping in mind that really we're a new sport, like we're we're growing. This this tournament requires that every match is refereed. Any tournament that's happened here in the past. Really, it's only the metal matches. So you may get by with five or six referees. For this yeah. tournament, I need to have 28 referees at a time ready to go. So I just, did a, I just did a tour teaching ref clinics. I was in Coburg on Friday, Collingwood on Saturday, Kitchener on Sunday, London on Monday, and then I had a pleasant seven-hour drive home uh, yesterday in the <laughs> weather. But, you know, so there's a lot of work for us to do to get it ready, but we've got a great team here. Um, we have a wonderful volunteer base in our club. And we're we're really confident that it's going to be a great uh, a great
0: nationals. And what some people forget when things like that come to Kingston, there is a spin-off spinoff uh, to the community at large when you have so many people coming into town and staying here for the weekend.
1: Yeah, and that, that's where I think tourism Kingston certainly they were just wonderful because um, they are, are able to really put numbers. Uh, uh, you know, when I give them how many competitors are coming for how long, they're able to calculate all of that. We get support from the local hotels. Um, uh, we get some support from the city as well. Uh, so without um, without a doubt, that kind of event, um, we're going to see people coming in two, three days early and enjoying mm-hmm. the area. And so it definitely has a... Has a significant impact on the local economy
0: and the goal is to have them come back to visit later on as well
1: yeah and we run a we have a tournament coming up in february the limestone classic that we run every year and that keeps getting larger and larger and larger so it's uh, you know another opportunity maybe they come to that tournament next year as well and,
0: that's awesome yeah we have run out of time on the program okay and i thank you very much for your time and and all the best with the growth of pickleball in the community
1: all right thanks very much david appreciate you having me on the show
0: The theme music for the program is Stasis Oasis, a tune written and performed by Kingston musician Jim Ailsworth. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about any of our episodes, please send a note to the Kingstonian Podcast Facebook page. This is Dave Cunningham from Kingston, Ontario. Thank you for listening. Until next time.